An update from the Middle East. The Nazarene Fund. Next. Let me back program. let me uh, hold off on our uh, commercial because it is it, we are the man who is waiting is extraordinarily busy in the middle of trying to save Christians. Rudy um, uh, is our our CEO of the Nazarene Fund. Rudy, welcome. How are you? Thanks, Glenn. It's good to hear your voice. Good, good to hear you. Um, is, can you give us an update? You're on the air, by the way. Give us an update on everything you can. Yes. So we're getting we're getting our first uh, 340 passengers out as we speak. The plane is getting ready to take off. It's uh, on the ground. Cool. It's on the ground and being loaded. Yes, it is. Okay, good. Um, so that's 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 good news. A lot of the people that are boarding are extremely dehydrated. We had to we had to move aprons because the the the, the tarmac is covered in feces. There are over sixteen thousand people inside the airfield. Um, it's an absolute mess. The, the outside gate was just closed because of IED threats from ISIS. Um, Taliban are blocking people on the outside perimeter of the airport and not allowing them through. President President Biden forced- says that there's no harm coming to U.S. citizens or people they're trying to get in, that they're not being beaten by the Taliban or anything else. Can you I think that's completely false? Okay. That is completely and unequivocally false. Everything that's come out of this 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 administration has been nothing but lies. Right now, our biggest obstruction has not been has not been you know our ability to extract people, but it's been the U.S. State Department that's that's been obstructing. We we cannot get a single person in the State Department to support us on the diplomatic front. However, however, right now we, you know, different countries that want to take people or have agreed to take people are requesting diplomatic notes from the State Department that when they arrive, you know, one, two, three will happen. And the State Department keeps telling us we will not write any notes. We will not give you any support whatsoever. So, so we're in the middle of diplomatic wranglings trying to figure out when we go rotate people in rotate planes in to take them out where we're going to take them to next destination. So we're in we, concert talking to We have countries that will take them. Why is our State Department not willing to say, yes, you can move them? They've been the biggest obstruction. I mean, guys in DOD that I'm working with are, are leaning forward in the saddle to help us. But the State Department, not a single soul in there is is being helpful whatsoever. I understand a lot of congressmen and senators are angry. They're writing letters and they're they're trying to get things moving. But but it's been extremely slow. We've uh, I've never ever in my entire life seen anything so messed up and so discombobulated. It's just it's just been a nightmare for us. Yeah. But we're determined to get people out. I mean, we're figuring out different angles, different ways. The threat keeps increasing every single day. Uh, for the people, not and not not only from you know from the the different radical groups on the ground, but we're talking about dehydrations, people who are sick with medical conditions, and, and you know there's no food and water, uh, no bathrooms. Like I said, um, so you know I'm, every second I hear different stories of Air Force wanting to send planes. They're focusing on. American citizens, getting American citizens out, but we also have the SIVs and people who helped us. And until we clear the airfield from the inside, we can't bring people from the outside in. So that's that's the biggest dilemma right now. So 
So that's the part that's the part that we're trying to solve as fast as we can. How fast is the military transport planes going in and out? Um, There are some planes coming in. I heard there's going to be a fairly big rotation of military planes coming in today, but focused on American citizens. I have not confirmed that yet. I'm trying to confirm it, um, I, and I'll, I'll be jumping on some phone calls afterwards. But um, it's, it's, it's been, I mean, the, the, the problem is, is normally when you do a non-combatant evacuation, you put the Department of Defense in charge, and then basically the, the State Department backbenches and supports. In this case, it's flipped around. So the State Department is trying to run the show, and the Department of Defense is in the back, is backbenching. That's why it's gotten so messed up. And, and, and the State Department is providing zero support, zero help. Is, um, are our other operations outside uh, continuing outside, uh, outside of the airport? We're uh, working, yes. I mean, we're, we're, working, we're working on that diligently. It's just, you know, uh, the threats are so high right now and getting worse. So, um, um, you know, without disclosing much, we're working on one piece of it. Um, okay. And we're coming up with lots of different options um, as as we as we focus our attention on the airport at the same time. Um, OK, so do we have we have the first plane ready to take off here in just a few minutes? What time should that be taking off? Do you know? I think we only have a half hour on the ground, don't we? Uh, no, no, we have a little bit longer than that. Oh, okay, on the ground. It's going to be closer to an hour and a half, two hours. But but um, and- um, yeah, we'll. Are, is that going to be followed by another one? Do we are we in a system yet of being able to rotate them? We we have we ha- we have currently multiple aircraft on tap, but but we are in the middle of trying to sort out the diplomatic issue on the other end. But we have to clear any more people coming in uh, and that is and all that's all because of the state department the state department could take care of this right now oh absolutely but but nobody's stepping forward i mean we spent the, in, i haven't slept in three days it's all we've been doing is calling people and and trying to get to get this issue sorted out my my objective has been you know let's get them out of afghanistan wherever we take them and then deal with the aftermath there. But it's, it, you know, you, it's hard when you fly a plane and then it gets diverted midair to, you know, to another place. And then it sits on a tarmac, in, you know, with a bunch of passengers who are dying of dehydration in the back. And then you make matters worse. So um, uh, we're trying to sort that out all at okay. the same time. All right. Um, it, what can we do here that would help? Should we call our senators? Should we? What, call, what can we call. do? Call senators, call congressmen, get people, get people to, to shake the State Department from the inside out and, and get them to, to, to provide us at least some diplomatic support where we can just go. We have the assets to fly the planes. We have the people on the ground to move the people, but we just need at least countries that will take them uh, and, and help us with that, and, that, that portion of it. And we also, we're asking for the State Department to give these planes what? Diplomatics? We want, Go ahead. Yes. We want, we want them to work through our, our embassies in the various countries just to say, you know, they will give a diplomatic note and say, please, if you take these refugees for 10 days or whatever, 
you've got them and then you can rotate them out to next destination. At least it gives us a little bit of time to work with the bigger countries, you know, Western countries that have agreed to take, you know, refugees permanently, you know, time to cycle in other aircraft that come in and take them to final destination. Okay, good. Thank you very much, Rudy. And God bless you. We are praying for you and millions are praying for all of the people involved on your team. Thank you. Thank you for all your support. You bet. Yeah. Bye-bye. Trudy Atali, he is the uh, CEO of of the Nazarene Fund. He was on the National Security Council uh, for presidents past and uh, and been in the Air Force for, I don't even know, 30 years uh, and um, is a remarkable, remarkable man. Uh, so here's what I'd like to do. And if we can get one of our producers on the phone, let's get Ricky and Sarah uh, start to man the phone. Uh, let's get some of these, these uh, senators and congressmen that we know on the phone uh, and on the air. We need you to call your senators and congressmen. There's some things that are going on that you will find out about later. We're trying not to. Uh, ruffle feathers until we can get people out. Uh, there's no reason to finger point um, uh, until we get uh, things out. But the State Department is a is a problem, is a big problem, and we need those members of Congress to to move. It is this is one of the hardest, most heartbreaking things I have ever been involved in. Uh, I, I get good news and then the rug is ripped out from underneath me. Um, the, the way this is being handled is insanity, absolute insanity. I've seen government operations and government operations don't always go your way. Um, but they at least will make sense if it's a military operation, it will at least make sense to some degree. This makes no sense on what is going on. And we're a week into it. And they're still doing this. We have, what is it, nine days? Is it nine days to the 31st? I don't even know the date today. It's 20. 23rd today. Okay. So we are running out of time mm -hmm. uh, and as he's saying it's getting worse on the ground they are becoming more and more emboldened and we have to get these people out um, and we have the planes on standby we have everything ready uh, when i asked if we were doing some of the other things outside you don't know how people are risking their lives to help people right now we have people that are in grave, grave danger right now trying to get people to the airport. Um, you will be amazed when you hear this whole story. Uh, <clears throat> but we need you to call your senators and congressmen right now. Flood them right now and tell them we need the State Department to give diplomatic passes to the airplanes that are loaded up with these refugees to, to um, allow the UAE to take these people uh, and hold them for 10 days until they can go someplace else. 
this that we've already coordinated all of these other countries. We we have everything we need. We have absolutely everything we need. Except the Taliban is holding the gates and stopping us from bringing in some people. We're working on workarounds for that. And then the other obstacle, and these are the two, the Taliban and our State Department. We already have everything else we need. We have the countries where they are going to be accepted, where they'll be gladly taken. We have places for them to hold until they go to their final destination. We have it all. We don't have all of the people because the Taliban, as Rudy just said, the president is lying to you. He is lying to you. They are beating people at the gates. The other the other obstacle is our State Department. I believe it's one and the same. Please call your senator and your congressman right now and ask them to please clear the problems with the State Department to get these uh, refugees out. Okay, Uh, let me tell you of a couple of our sponsors here. I had to uh, skip the first commercial, so give me two minutes and we're back into the show. First, Yvonne lives in California, and she and her husband are in their 70s, and like many people their age, they were finding, you know, more and more, they'd wake up in sunny California in pain, and then they'd go to bed still feeling it. Desperately, they tried potential solution after potential solution, and everything let them down. At the end of the day, they were still both in pain. Finally, Yvonne heard about Relief Factor while listening to some clown on the radio. (laughs) Uh, and uh, decided to give it a try. What did she have to lose? Well, Yvonne wrote to me. She said, not too long after they both began to take it, things changed. All of a sudden, they weren't waking up in pain anymore. And then they weren't going to bed in pain anymore. She said, thanks for giving us our life back, Relief Factor. Relief Factor is not a drug developed by doctors. 70% of the people who try it go on to order more. That three-week trial pack You just start for three weeks. If it's not working for you, stop taking it. But 70% of the people go on to order more. ReliefFactor.com, 800-583-84. It's ReliefFactor.com. Also, uh, let me tell you about my Patriot Supply. Um, With everything that is going on in the world today, Sorry, just it just came to me how are, how these people are living at the airport now, and they have nothing. They have nothing, and they just grabbed what they could and got to the airport. Now, now they're hungry. They don't have water. They don't have food. They don't have anything. May I suggest that? The things that we are seeing around the world, I hope to God they never get this bad, but they are trending in that direction. Um, If you're not prepared for food shortages or moving quickly, believe me, they can happen. 
I strongly suggest that now is the time to make sure your family is ready in the time of crisis. And that means checking out My Patriot Supply, the number one emergency preparedness company in the country. Their mission is your survival. Right now, you can get a 25% discount on their popular four-week emergency food supply. Just go to preparewithglenn.com right now and get the discount before it's uh, gone. Four weeks worth of food per person in your family is the bare minimum that you should have. Go to preparewithglenn.com. That's preparewithglenn.com and save 25% off each four-week food supply that you order. Don't wait. Prepare with Glenn.com. 10 seconds, station ID. Uh, let me uh, let me give you some good news. Alison Renault, she is um, a Harvard graduate. She has a master's degree in international relations, U.S. space policy. She's watching the girls' robotic team, the Afghan girls' robotic team, and she knew she had to do something. So she flew into Qatar just a couple of weeks ago. She made a Hail Mary phone call to a former roommate at the U.S. Embassy there and said, we have to help get these girls to safety. Because the Taliban is advancing. And if they get there, they're not going to, they're going to be killed. Well, she had been in contact with the team. The girls are 16 to 18 years old. And she, you know, uh, worked on the board of directors for Explore Mars and met the girls when they attended um, the Humans on Mars conference. It used to, I mean, that was, that would be like a bad sci-fi convention in the past. Now it's serious. Um, and so she, she talked to the girls at that time about the future of their country and how they were a shining example of how things had improved. Um, they were grateful to the United States, et cetera, et cetera. She said she couldn't shake the feeling that the girls were in danger while watching news of the advancing insurgent army in early August. The first step she took was to call Jim Inhofe from Oklahoma. Um, And uh, she said the lead went cold. Then the senator became overwhelmed with the need to help our American citizens. So she decided to try herself. I remembered my former roommate in D.C. a couple of years ago transferred to Qatar in the embassy. She wrote up a request. I got all of the passports together. She went back to the embassy at midnight, worked all night to prepare the documents and packets for the girls. She said it was chaotic trying to get the girls out. We are in a sea of chaos with eight million people and a city halfway around the world. She said it was a very narrow window of opportunity. She said, I knew if we didn't get out that door now and go through the door of the embassy, it wouldn't happen. It's now or ever, uh, now or never. And she said, sometimes in life, you only get one chance. Well, she took the one chance. After one flight was canceled, 10 girls boarded the next flight from the American side of the Kabul airport. uh, And um, they were taken to... A secure location here in the U.S. 
and they are going to be going to college here in the U.S. According to NBC News, they're still she's still trying to get 25 more girls from the team to safety. I don't know if you saw the the women's soccer team last week. Did you see what they had to do? They said, delete all pictures of you in a uniform playing soccer. Get rid of anything that you have. Burn it. Burn your uniform. Do not have anything that connects you to the to the uh, to the national soccer team. Mm. Because women are not even allowed into stadiums, you know. Yeah, that's on the heels of the boy who, 17-year-old, fell out of the plane. Was one of the soccer players as well. Uh, It's really incredible. Incredible. It's really incredible. We have our borders open here. uh, And our State Department is, is not being helpful with bringing people from Afghanistan here or anywhere else in the world. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Mm. Man, I wish... I wish getting people... onto a plane where they're going to be welcomed by other people was as easy as uh, some other things in life. Blinds.com is really, really, really super easy. Don't you hate when everybody makes everything so complex, like going to the, you know, get your driver's license? You get friendly courtesy service. You get the best customer service you've ever had. And uh, most importantly, when they, when, you know, if if blinds.com was doing it, they'd print your driver's license and you wouldn't look like a serial killer. Yeah, I know. I know. That's the kind of service that you would get at blinds.com. Now they're offering up to 35% off everything so you can upgrade any room indoors or out. And with 25 million blinds sold, Blinds.com makes it easy to order custom window treatments online. Free shipping, 100% guaranteed, perfect fit. Blinds.com. Save up to 35% off everything right now at Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Head over to BlazeTV.com slash Glenn. Promo code is Glenn. You'll get 10 bucks off your subscription to Blaze TV. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Thank you so much for listening. We're working tirelessly here behind the scenes to make sure that we can do all that we can do because our government is not us. I don't know when they changed entirely, but we don't leave people behind. We don't surrender to the Taliban. We don't take red lines from the Taliban. That, that's the, they issued a red line order. You have your people out by October 31st or else, or August 31st or else. Excuse me? Or else what exactly? I mean, I... I you want to clear the gates. You strafe them with a couple of fighter jets. That's it. You don't, you don't shoot at them. You just fly really fast, very low. It will freak them out. But we don't do those, we don't do those things. Uh, there was a disturbing order, a disturbing order that was issued this weekend. Uh, that you need to know. 
as Biden is saying, we're not sure if we can get everybody out by the 31st. He went to the Pentagon and say and said, fix it. Okay. well, the Pentagon has been flying um, transport planes out. And the transport planes are not meant to fly, you know, 400 people across the ocean. They don't have food service and bathrooms and things like that. So they needed uh, airplanes. Okay. Now, what should the American president do if we needed airplanes and the military didn't have the right kind of military uh, or right kind of airplanes for it? What should we, what should the president of the United States do? <laughs> I mean, get get it done without you know without any restrictions. Get it done. You're the president of the United States. Figure it out. Mm-hmm. Get new ones. Uh, I would think that the president of the United States would call up the airlines and say, hey, can you guys fly some planes over there? We'll protect and, you know, we'll cover the insurance and everything else. But can you just fly not into Kabul, but into where we're going to be dropping these people? And then you pick them up at the airport and we'll tell you where to fly them. And that was there were some reports that they were trying to do some of those things. Mm-hmm. How'd that work out? Mm-hmm. Well, well, uh, Friday, the Pentagon uh, said that, you know, we're probably going to order you to do this. And then on Sunday, the uh, Pentagon and the White House decided to use a really old law uh, that hadn't been used for about uh, 70 years uh, just to just to take the airplanes they're telling them now you have to uh provide x number of airlines united air uh, united airlines we need x number of planes from you southwest we need planes from you and they're just been they're under orders now to do it so private companies under the civil reserve air fleet which was created for the berlin airlift uh now are under orders from the United States government, you have to surrender this many jets and personnel. Get over there. I think asking them would have been really good. And I think asking them, and if they didn't do it, say, okay, well, I just want you to know, I'm going to be making a big deal out of those airlines that help. I'm going to get on tonight. They would say no. They couldn't say no. They wouldn't have said no. So now the government has come in and forced these airlines, a private company. This is what part of totalitarianism uh, do we not understand? What part of authoritarian fascistic kind of moves? When does that actually apply? Great article in The Federalist this weekend about the definition of fascism. When does it when does it actually begin to apply? Mussolini said fascism is everything in the state, nothing outside of the state and nothing against the state. Okay, everything in the state. Nothing outside the state. Have you tried to talk about sports without it becoming political? Have you tried to talk about school without it becoming political? 
Have you tried to talk about science without it becoming political? Medicine without it being political? Television without it being political? News without it becoming political? Everything in our life is now everything in the state and nothing outside of the state. And try to say things against the state. Nothing against the state. We are here. We are here. We are at the very edge of it. We are all doing it right now uh, because we watch and monitor our conversations. We realize that's, uh, I can't really say that. That'll get me canceled. Jen, Jen Psaki admitted that the White House and the government is working closely with Facebook and other social media companies to identify posts that it deems objectionable. They're back-channeling with media organizations on how to handle COVID and everything else. If they can't get it done, they're using private companies to get it done. This is this is how it this is how it begins. This is what it is. The great thing is we are all individuals. See the the problem is is that our system is different than all other systems in the world. All other systems believe that the experts and the the political elite, they know better and they'll take care of everything. Well, they don't. And when you have that system, there's nowhere to run because they are everything, everything in the state, nothing outside of the state. There are no police to run to because they're the national police. And if they go bad, what happens? You can't go to another doctor because they're the national doctors. They're the national hospitals. They're the national health uh, um, administration. And so if they say something, you can't go someplace else because they have it all. That's the way fascism works. They take away your ability to decide. The way America works is each of us decide what we're going to do. And then there becomes a market for those things that are in high demand. So we all need health care. Great. A market comes up. And if that becomes really abusive, if the government isn't involved, if it becomes abusive, then you can go find another market. Somebody will start another market to beat that one. The, the key is, is that we all learned this last week. It's what we as individuals decide to do. And if there's enough of us that decide we want to do something, we change the world. And we come together quickly. That's what happened last week. The, the Nazarene Fund, by the way, is now up to 26, almost $27 million. 
and people are still giving at the NazareneFund.org and MercuryOne.org. We all came together and everyone felt helpless because the problem was too big. But when you saw these individuals that are suffering, the individual became real to each of us. And each of us said, I got to do something. And all you needed was somebody that said, I got an idea. How about we do this? And enough people thought it was a good idea that people pledged their $5. And and mass, when we choose to come together on an idea, the collection of the collective money from all of the individuals moves mountains. When we all make a choice as individuals, our individual choices are be, being taken away. And I don't see anyone else trying to grab onto an airplane to be taken to another country. Who's, who's, who's trying to get into the wheel, wheel well to get to China? Who's climbing onto an airplane and holding on in hopes that they'll make it to Russia, Cuba, Venezuela, Mexico, Canada? We need to, as individuals, recognize the lies that we are allowing to happen. And the biggest lie is that you're not powerful, that you can't get it done, that you have to wait for permission. I got news for you. I'm about to snap on the State Department because we're waiting for permission for them to say, yes, these refugees can be taken in by a third country. We're not waiting for the, uh, uh, the permission. The State Department has to give permission out of deference to another country that has already said, we'll take them. But we don't want to get into cross purposes with your State Department, so we're waiting for them to give us permission. That's insanity. That's insanity. That's how you get people killed. Back in just a minute. First, let me tell you, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, Glenn, you're a doctor. Well, damn it, Jim, I am. I am. And you're thinking a doctor above anyone else is qualified to talk to me about what I should be eating. And admit it, that's what you're thinking right now. And you're right. You're right. You're right. I'm a doctor. Not only can I tell you what you should eat, I should tell you what to eat and how to cook it. And that's on a Rectech. With smart grill technology, the Rectech ensures that your food gets even and consistent heating from the time you start it and until the time you eat it. It's made from uh, solid stainless steel, so it's like you're cooking on a tank. Best of all, you can monitor the whole cooking process from an app on your phone or your device. So check out Rectech today. Remember, I'm not just a doctor, man. I'm a doctor doing everything I can to make sure that you have a Rectech and you eat healthy-ish. Follow Rectech on all their social media, sign up for their newsletter, get yummy recipes. That's a doctor term, man. 
Rectech, R-E-C-T-E-Q.com. R-E-C-T-E-Q.com. You are listening to the Glenn Beck Program. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Uh, we have um, a podcast that came out on Saturday with Tucker Carlson. We talked about a little bit of everything, um, including what the real problem is with men. It was fascinating to hear him talk about one of the issues that we have is men are not men anymore. And there are a lot of them like this. Roger Wicker of Mississippi, I think he's probably a good guy. They're weak. There's something in them that's weak. And they've decided I'm not, you know, uh, the other side is ascendant. The left is winning. I'm not going to push any buttons that, you know, might infuriate them. They're just, they're not, they're not lionhearted. And this is a moment when you need people who aren't, you know, vicious, lashing out, crazy, that I hate that, but who are legitimately strong, who will say, here are my principles, I will clearly articulate them for you. And by the way, I'll die for them, because that's what principles are, you know, real principles, not BS, you know, this is the tax rate I want, but like, people should be allowed to say what they really believe. That's called freedom of speech, it's guaranteed in the First Amendment to the Bill of Rights. That's a non-negotiable point, period. Someone who will do that. And they're like, none of them, the only ones who will do it are women. And that has a lot of consequences. For one thing, it drives the women crazy. A lot of really angry women right now, have you <laughs> noticed? And I think a lot of them are angry because their men are weak. I, I do think that. I mean, I don't think that. I know that. And I've been married to the same woman for 30 years. And the, if you want to make her mad, you know, weak men, and this is true for a lot of, I have three daughters. I see this, I see this all the time. Weak men make them mad. Because it's it's wrong. And it, it, this is like basic and human. You know, all the true basic human things are the one are the things we're not allowed to talk about. Yeah, <laughs> you know, right. We can like talk <laughs> right. about our dumb theories, but the way that right. people really are, nature, nature itself is so offensive to our leaders because it challenges their totally unnatural program. There's nothing less natural than neoliberalism. It's an mm-hmm. assault on nature. It's a denial of nature. Yep. At its core, nature is about sex differences. Men and women are different. Does and stags are different. Their difference is the central fact of the natural world. And if something falls out of balance in that relationship between male and female, everything else is affected by it. Everything. And so at the core of the volatility and the craziness and the, and the too rapid to digest change that's going on is this weird lack of balance between men and women. And I think it's physiological. I don't think this is not just a cultural phenomenon. You know, the massive increase in trans-identifying kids, it's not just a result of propaganda from the schools. And that's part of it. But it's, it's bigger than that. This has never happened in human history. In all human history, this has never happened. So that's a red flag right there. What the hell is this? Now, you could be totally for it, or you can be totally opposed. It doesn't even matter how you feel about it. As a phenomenon, it's worth studying. What is going on? And it's the one thing that nobody mentions. And I, I just have noticed this. I mean, just like empirically, just around me. And I'm, I'm hardly a genius and I'm not a scientist, but this is so obvious. You'd have to be a liar to ignore it. And we should not ignore it. This is the Glenn Beck Program.